Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the time of Sunday where I usually say, what's the deal, Panther fans? We know what the deal is, is as the Panthers suffer a third consecutive loss, 30-27, to 27, as they fall at home to the Seattle Seahawks. And the deal is that this looks like just may be the end of the Panther season. Or when it comes to, at the very least, I think we have a bead on who this team and who they aren't or isn't. And I'm here to figure out what they is and isn't with Cody Lashney on the C3 Seahawks at Panthers postgame show. Cody Lashney, there's no how you're doing here, but thanks for hanging out with me at this point. No problem, man. If I have to watch the Panthers get beat up on at home, I'd rather cope with my man, Tony Dunn, and our faithfuls in the YouTube chat. I guess ain't nothing to it but to do it, man. Thank you for joining the C3 Seahawks at Panthers postgame show. You can be a part of the show by calling in 252-228-5098. We want to hear your reactions to this heartbreaking loss. It sucks, as Carlton Cohen says. We also like for you to give us a thumbs up. Turn your phone to portrait mode. Share the show. Hit the thumbs up. Everybody in the chat doesn't cost you anything to give us the thumbs up because right now we're giving the thumbs down to the Carolina Panthers team. If we could also get a thumbs up that our audio is working in jest or in tune. Holy cow. James Woodley comes in with a donation of $10 to the show to lift our spirits. How fantastic (laughs) is that? Thank you, James Woodley. Big shout out there. We needed that. Wish we could have won by 10 points. All right, Cody, let's go ahead and jump into this because we know everybody's supporting in the chat room on Facebook. Share it in the groups. Retweet it if on your Periscope. Panthers show some things. Uh, they, they continue to be the team that we've seen for the last three weeks. Or And every Panthers loss, I'm starting to think the five losses that this Panthers team has suffered are really indicative of what this team truly is. I know you were particularly upset after this loss, or are particularly upset. Yeah, I mean, I felt going into this that this one was the must-have. So as of right now, if the season ended, we're not even in the playoffs because now the Seahawks are 6-5, and five and they have the tiebreaker. And, you know, I, when I was watching the Saints on Thanksgiving, you know, I, I, I remember being so frustrated. Like, I don't want to pull for the Falcons, man. All those close games that we played, we have to win those. I don't want to be in a situation where I have to pull for other teams to lose in order for my team to have a chance. 
I mean, we're not taking care of business. I mean, we're not a playoff football team. And that's not even just raw emotion off of the loss. This is what happened in Pittsburgh. This is what happened in Detroit. Honestly, this is what happened um, early in Philadelphia and the Philadelphia game, too. I mean, there's so much inconsistency on this football team. The defense you cannot depend on even a little bit to stop the run or to be able to stop the big play. I mean, every time a team needs a big play down the field, they have it just about whenever they want. And that's unacceptable. I mean, you know, Tony, I think it's fair to say that both you and I have tried to stay with Ron Rivera for as long as possible. You know, we've been uh, defenders of Ron, but then this season, I I feel for me, has shown me that he's not going to be the coach that's going to bring us to where we want to go. And I just don't believe he's the man for the job. And I think it's time for a few coaches to be fired and a few players to be moved on from. Well, if you're going to fire Ron Rivera, it's time to clean house entirely. You know, unless yeah. you unless you are the co- uh, you're the owner who who sees potentially Marty Herney continuing to be a balancing force in this process, then I I think it it's not uh, helpful enough to just fire um, a coordinator on defense or or fire North Turner because the offense has seemed to be the most uh, the, the the most positive component of this. If you are going to start firing people, I think it's time to make a wholesale change uh, entirely from the top down, including GM going GM, bring in his guy with a vision of what this team could be going forward. So yeah, is that I, I think that coaches have to be on the table here, but this is a loss too, that belongs on the field a lot too, to the players, Cody. We Absolutely. continue to see, we continue to see the most reliable kicker in Graham Gano never miss, make kicks when it matters. We continue to see players blow assignments and misplays. Corn Elder asked a lot in this game. Put him out there early on because of a Dante Jackson injury. He struggled. They targeted him. And I think he just played like a guy who hasn't had a lot of reps in game scenarios at game speed. And then you also go to the other side of the ball on the offense and some real problems down in the red zone when it comes to just maybe – Mike Shula infiltrating the play calling on these short carries. But I do want to be critical of North Turner and those play calls. But at the same time, I do feel like, hey, go get a yard. Go get a yard. And that yeah. I just feel like we're getting beat up um, on all sides of the ball. And I don't, I, Cody, at this point, I just don't think we're a very good team, sadly. No, I don't think we are either. And listen, I've, I wanted to say this uh, uh, last Sunday and maybe even last Tuesday. Uh, And I I feel like it's not going to be as controversial now as it would have been then. But I'm just going to go out and say it. If everyone disagrees with me and wants to drag me over hot coals, feel free. I'll be the whooping boy. Uh, I don't believe there's a whole lot of difference between North Turner and Mike Shula. And I'll tell you why. I think that Mike Shula didn't have the personnel that North Turner does right now. But if you remember back even to 2016, I mean, we were doing the the end of rounds and the the, the gadget plays and the reversals. We were trying to do all that even with Russell Shepard. 
but it just never ended up working out. And, and I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing North Turner be so successful with it is now he has a DJ Moore. Now he has a healthy Curtis Samuel. And, I mean, really, if you look at early in the ball game on the goal line, we're just constantly uh, running the ball in goal line situations. I mean, it's, it's unacceptable, man. And there, no one is taking accountability that after you run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and nothing happens, maybe do something different. Maybe throw the ball in the end zone. You don't have to run in goal line situations all the time. And personally, I just don't believe at this point that Norv Turner is that much better than Mike Shula was. I think he has better players at his disposal. Well, I disagree. I do think that Mike Shula is, okay. I mean, that North Turner is significantly better, but I think you have a point too, is that there is, um, there, there also is much more explosive talent to take advantage of. So I don't want to knock North Turner for having the players he has. That's, I guess, where, where I'm at on that. Uh, I do think, look, Cam Newton was dealing starting out 14 for 14 or 13 for 13, and you don't have the confidence in him to throw the ball. I think, uh, maybe says something, but I do think like, hey, uh, that we are soft. We're soft in the trenches offensively and defensively. And it shows that you in these opportunities, you couldn't get that one or two yards. I am kind of disheartened with the play calling, even if you're calling runs that we should um, maybe. Why are why aren't we using Cam Newton in those situations more and more? So a lot of things to chop up, but I do think that we would be uh, remiss to focus on North Turner in some ways, or actually that's not even the right word selection. I think that North Turner may not be the greatest thing. Uh, and I can understand where you're saying in that case is we've seen some moments of inconsistency on his part, but really this comes down to a defense that can't stop a shopping cart being blown through a parking lot at this point. Uh, and a team that is not being properly uh, either motivated coached in some ways uh, on both the defensive and the head coaching side and special teams yeah. mistake. So look, we've got a lot to talk about. We'll still continue to talk about those things and we'll give you our input on those matters. Continuing to thank all you guys in the chat room for your support. Again, James Woodley uh, coming in strong with another donation says this missed opportunities fail to put points on the board and inconsistent. We watch film and correct the problem. There's your press conference. Yeah, yeah. is that that, that, yeah. that is he gave it verbatim to us what the Ron Rivera press conference is happening at this moment. Look, you can be a part of the show. You can be join us on Shindig using the app or the link in the YouTube comments. Or you can call into the show 252-228-5098. We got lots of calls and opinions. So we're going to go ahead and let you guys steer the majority of the show. Let's jump into these calls, Cody. Out of Swansboro, I just got to say uh, the Eden year curse is real. I didn't think it at the beginning of the year, but more and more I watch this team this year, it's just it's got to be something. It's got to be. Keep pounding. The even year curse, Jeremiah, yeah. and he said, uh, did he say Swansboro? Yeah, this is Jeremiah out of Swansboro. Yeah, Swansboro, North Carolina. Jeremiah, thanks for the call. Uh, one of the things I think that's uh, – interesting and intriguing about this is 
the Carolina Panthers look like they're going to squander the potential for the first time ever having back-to-back wins. That's really disappointing. I mean, back-to-back winning season, should I say. Cody, this is a team that is not very good at this moment, but that we believe should be better and was in a position to make the, to remedy this problem not happening even 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 year curse. Yeah, and it, it sucks because you know you want to break that even year curse at some point, especially since the Panthers have never had back to back winning seasons. But hell, I mean, listen, you all know I'm a college football fan. I'm already looking at players, man, and a lot of the good ones, uh, we might not be in position to draft those players unless they're in a free fall and we're picking somewhere in the 20s. So, I mean, as it might suck, but you know, it might benefit us to have a, a 6-10 and 10 record, you know, and lose out. Now, obviously, as Panther fans, we're not going to pull for them to lose every game. But um, I don't know, man. I try not to be superstitious and believe in curses and this and that. I believe that you control your own destiny. And the fact of the matter is, uh, we're just a bad team right now. Somebody's calling in somewhere on this show on my computer or something. That's me. Well, all right. So, yeah, I mean, is you don't want to give up on this team, but Rally Rel in the YouTube chat says this season is over. He, he also went to say, and, you know, a lot of people uh, calling this, look, a lot of comments right now on Facebook, uh, in the YouTube chat. We appreciate that. Let's keep going through with these calls right here. Hey, what's happening, y'all? This is G Kavasi. Hey, I just got done watching that game. I'm going to say this right now. Fire Graham Gano. Release his ass. Get rid of him. This motherfucker cannot make a damn field goal to save his goddamn life, man. We've had that fucking game. I'm sick and tired of us doing nail bodies, and this asshole cannot make a damn field goal. They need to get rid of his ass for real. We're not a family show when we lose. He played his damn heart out today. <laughs> no, we're not. McCaffrey played his damn heart out. Cam Newton did good. He came to the special teams. This asshole cannot make a daggone field goal. Fuck Graham Gano. <laughs> I said Florida State. I'm ACC fan too. Fuck Graham Gano. He needs to get the fuck out of damn Charlotte for real. That's all I got to say, man. All he right. I feel you, G. Yeah, there's I some real fr- the frustration, frustration, man. Real frustration with Graham Gano, and I think it's legitimate. It's not. I don't even have to think it's legitimate. It is legitimate. Graham Gano has only won one game for us in his career, and that was the 63-yard field goal. Today he had an opportunity to make up for a lot last week and put us in a better position uh, to close this game out. He misses the 52-yard field goal and puts them in good position to turn around with a minute and 10 seconds or so left Graham Gano, I think, has worn out his welcome in Charlotte, particularly this season. But I have had, I've been salty about this guy going back to the Super Bowl with a missed field goal. Tough one in that 54 yarder, but still, we need you in these clutch moments. That's what you're paid to be is clutch. All right. The number is 252 228 5098. What's going on, guys? This is your boy, the Black Cat, Brandon Herbert. A little under the weather, not just from this cold. Anywhere. This team is atrocious because of his coaching. 
Like, I don't yeah. get it. I really don't get it. And then, you know, the no, the no, the no, the no good. Like, I don't get it. We have the same, we have the same play. And then, what's going to go with Ross? Christian McCaffrey has came up his life. DJ yeah. Moore had a game. Yet, it's all for nothing because <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, <laughs> I feel like my brother Herbert wants to cry right now. It's your fucking job. It's your job. The only thing you have to do is kick. Yep. And yeah. you can't do that. It's baffling. And and I told Cody, which, by the way, let me let me clarify that that whole thing did not lose the game. But I told him, as good as he was moving the ball, that interception would be costly. You and you say what you want. Every Panther fan on you can look all over Twitter is saying that was a bad decision by Cam Newton, and, and not a great ball. But yet you. Can't see that, so I'm gonna drop that because a better tight end makes that play. I've seen him never even do it. Well, it was really agrees with a lot of the stuff that Cleveland said that that was a bad decision. I don't get it. Like we moved the ball so efficiently, but then we did stupid crap. Like, like we just let little stuff affect us, and it, it makes no sense. My head is killing me. Like this, maybe if I, maybe if I just stop caring. Brother like, Herbert, I hope I you feel caring, better maybe, for real, though. You know, but anyway, guys, I try to listen to the show. Y'all have a great evening, and keep pounding. Yeah. So listen, man. I like I. I kind of already after the Pittsburgh game. I kind of got to that point where it's like. All right, man, after these Panthers games, if we lose, I cannot let them ruin my day, man. I will be hardcore depressed. So, yes, Brandon, you know we hope you feel better, man. You and I go back and forth and you say I'm a Cam Newton apologist. And whatever, maybe I am. But I still think that even though it wasn't the best choice to throw that football, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen contested balls like that come down with before. Uh, I've seen Greg Olson make them. It wasn't that far behind him. Uh, Manhurts even got his hand on the ball. But it kind of goes back to North Turner. Uh, I mean, why why are we? Why is Manhurts on the field? Do y'all remember that we drafted Ian Thomas, a tight end out of Indiana? Like, where's that guy at? Is that another Curtis Samuel situation where it's another young, talented player that we just refuse to play? I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm not. I mean, it's tough. Listen, if that was if that interception was on or wasn't on Cam, it doesn't matter because homeboy was balling. He had uh, he went twelve for twelve early. I mean, Cam Newton was throwing dimes all around the field, man. So it's like, listen, there wasn't one play. I mean, you might say that Graham Gano missed field goal, but there wasn't one play that cost us. This game, just like in Pittsburgh and just like in Detroit, it's a multitude of errors by our players just doing absolute dumb shit and, and just stuff that is is baffling. And our coaches don't know how to make it better. 
three games in a row we've lost, and we're seeing the same problems. That means either our players aren't good enough or our coaches don't know how to coach them up well enough to fix it. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. A lot of great comments going down in the chat room. So Justice Phillips says, Coach Ron Rivera never takes any personal responsibility for anything. He always blames someone else for his failures. It was Ron who hired Eric Washington and allowed him to destroy this defense. On Facebook, I saw another good comment. Two big comments here. Jeff Sands. Uh, Jeff Sand was talking about, hold on, let me find it. Jeff Sand, there's so many, they're coming in fast, said, it's time to ultimately promote, um, demo- well, go ahead and fire Ron Rivera and promote North Turner to head coach, right? And uh, so this is, at this point, this is scary for Ron Rivera there. He also said something to the effect, he said, fire Washington and Rivera will intern as defensive coordinator, right? Um, so these right now we're seeing this is that when you have players who are making plays at time, particularly on this offense, we've seen probably the most explosive Panthers offense. Honestly, I think this offense is more explosive and uh, more dynamic than the 2015 offense. But then there's still problems, you know, and, and that's not enough to put us over the hump. And when it's that close, I do believe that a lot of this ultimately has to fall on Ron Rivera. I like that comment from Justice, though, a lot about Ron Rivera because I felt like after 2015 and we made the Super Bowl run, we felt we saw a distinct change in the way Ron Rivera has approached the press conferences. And he doesn't tend to fall on the sword like he did the years before and say, this at the end of the day comes down to me. I've got to do better. Right. Instead, it's players not making plays. And that may be the case, but I do think there is some uh, necessity for him to be a fall guy in these moments. But we do remember now Ron Rivera probably is really coaching for his life from this point on in the season. And I don't even know if he's going to be able to do enough to save his job. I do think we got another call from Brother Herbert. We hope you feel better. Let's go to it. Good. Um, I I called this weeks ago, weeks ago, months ago, Tony. I took I told you this is the 2014 season. I mean, we're we're like right. a seven, eight, and one team, and it's so sad because a lot of it isn't the players. I would say most of it isn't the players. This coaching has gotten so bad, and. I was arguing with people on Celatron's halftime saying, I was like, dude, that first drive was the worst ever. I'm like, oh, we did great. We went down there. Did you lose on downs and you do two quarterback delay draws in a row to get three yards? I, I just don't understand the play calling. I don't understand the psyche. You're going for it when you're at home. You could have just got three. And no, again, is my hero. I, this is absurd. We yeah. are a way, way better team than what it shows like. And as coaching, that's coaching. I mean, rather than have these guys ready, they still have game management problems. They're still messing up, losing, wasting timeouts. I, I don't understand it. Like, we've had those problems for what, seven years now? Something like that. Ever, ever since Ron got the team, pretty much, we've lost the ability to clock managers. And time off management. I mean, I 
I just really don't get it. It's, it's, there's no reason for us to be at the records and at the place we are now. I mean, we play to our competition every week, and it's just sickening to me because we are a way better team than this. We just play to our competition. Like, if you're a shittier team, we'll play shittier. If, you, if you're an awesome team, we'll play awesome. But we never pull it out. And we put ourselves in bad situations. Like, we played one of the most complete games we've played all year, and guess what? We still lost. It was bad. So, yeah. I hate to say I told you so, Tony, but I told you so. I mean, this is that 7 8 one season. This was our chance, and we came out strong. It's just, I mean, you think Detroit was heartbreaking, or Pittsburgh was heartbreaking, this one. This one is demoralizing, man. Lose at home like this. You, you just let no league know that even if you're good or bad, you beat them. If Cleveland's going to play soft, if the Buccaneers going to play soft, ain't going to happen. Great call from J Dub. Great call from J Dub. Uh, there's over 50 people watching right now. We've got 62 people watching. 12 thumbs up, guys. Turn your phones to portrait. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show. We appreciate it. Call in. The number is 252 228 5098. And right now, again, coming back to head coaching here, Ron Rivera hasn't done anything to make us win at this point. That is, I think what we're starting to do is we're winning in spite of Ron Rivera, not because of the coaching staff. And I'm going to use Ron Rivera to capture all of the coaching staff. But on top of that, we were in a position to dominate this game at the very minimum, be in control of it. Graham Gano missed the big kick for us. That is something that that hurt. But there are other missed opportunities in the words of Ron Rivera earlier in that game. Can't win a challenge to save his life. Uh, all of these things are coming back to Ron Rivera and the coaching staff here. Cody, uh, I, I think that his point was that you thought Detroit was demoralizing on the road. You thought on the road at Pittsburgh was tough to swallow. At home, playing from ahead most of the time, and pr- playing in very advantageous situa- you know, situations here today, the Carolina Panthers couldn't contend. And the defense, I think it was Daniel Duncan, maybe, who pointed this out, or uh, and I'm, I'm going to get it wrong probably, but Dante Jackson going down hurts this team a lot. And that's scary given that he's a rookie, a second-round rookie, and that he is that critical to our defense being effective. Yeah, and we have no depth at the cornerback position. And I want to say something while it's fresh on my mind. Um, you know, I see underground uh, West in the chat saying fire Captain Marlon, Corn Elder, and Graham Gano. And while I might understand Captain Marlon and Graham Gano, but one, and even Captain Marlon, uh, you know, Corn and Captain, they're not outside corners. And but yet, since we had no depth, we have to play them there. So as soon as Dante Jackson goes out, I mean, I mean, Tony, you know, we've been wanting to see more of Corn Elder all season. But then the minute that we see it, he's forced to go in uh, at a time when he's not expecting it, at a time when he's not even playing at his rightful position. You know, I, I, that's why I'm not. I mean, I'm not uh, ready to to you know just absolutely dump on Corn Elder. Captain Munderland, even though he was playing on the outside and that's not normally his position, dude, you're a veteran of how many years? I mean, come on. I, I mean, that, that field goal uh, where, uh, that, that they had to win the game, that was all on Captain Munderland blowing a coverage. 
I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's it's just infuriating to me, dude. I don't understand how you're you're you've been on our team that long, and that you you will still let up that big of a play. And it seems like this year, every time we do let up a big play or a big third down conversion, it's always on captain. You know, I'm 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 in 100% agreement with everyone else. I'm ready for Captain Marlin to hit the road. He's a South Carolina fan anyway. What can I say? I'm not a fan of those guys. Oh, and another South Carolina guy, Demir Bird, got hurt. Uh, and yeah. I, I think, it, yeah, I think probably going to be the end of Demir Bird in Carolina as well. I'm thinking if this is ser- if he can't come back from this, Patrick Chappelle on Facebook says Rivera's gone. Tepper isn't Richardson. He wants to win these, and these last three games have been a disgrace. Going over to the conversation in YouTube, focusing on Corn Elder and Captain Munerlin. I think this is going to be a good segue for this point. And it was uh, Rally Rail said, "Why well, put?" Uh, corn on an island on fourth down give him some safety help out there i think uh i think that this is that i think corn elder took was put in a difficult spot today obviously he was on the bad end of some plays at times but you know what corn elder i thought I, i am optimistic about this is he was on the outside doing some of those things that are really difficult for him and he was there if he could feel the ball a little bit more at that point and turn around on both of those plays, he stops maybe two potential touchdowns or big plays yeah. at that point. I think that I am optimistic at this. I'm not so down on Corn Elder at this point, even though it was a tough game and he's going to be easy to target. There was another play earlier in that game that he took some flack for missing a tackle, but I think it was Captain Munerlin who missed the initial tackle and Corn struggled to clean it up. So going to Captain Munerlin here, look, we want to like Captain Munerlin. We don't want a dog on a player that has contributed this team in some significant moments in the past, particularly his first run with Carolina. But he struggled last year, and it showed that with his coaching staff that he was not necessarily gelling particularly. He's been put and given a lot more responsibility this year and been, you know, kind of they've said, hey, all right, we're going to buy into this. We need you on the field in the nickel. And he has not played exceptionally well. He's made some plays, but he's missed a lot of plays. And that last play with Tyler Lockett, first of all, Captain Munderlin is going to always be torched by Tyler Lockett. But this wasn't a torching of I beat you athletically and we knew one-on-one what was happening. This was... Captain Munderland didn't think they were going to go down that deep on the field, I guess, at that moment. He lost track of what Lockett was doing. He did try to play the ball, but found himself about 10 yards behind it. So I think that what we have seen is that the weaknesses on this defense have been too big at some points to uh, be balanced by some of the strengths of that defense. Maybe an Eric Reed being added to this team, maybe Dante Jackson being showing out in his rookie season. And Luke Keekley, while he continues to play and well, and Shaq Thompson well, they haven't been enough to overcome some of those problems that we have. And I don't know if it's just that we are we that outmatched in personnel wise on defense, or at the end of the day, is this us not being totally zeroed in and focused enough, then coming back again? Now I'm going to have to say I can't defend Eric Washington, but so much anymore. 
Yeah, uh, I, I do think that we are overmatched. Uh, and I think specifically it's in the defensive backfield. When you have one player that goes out, I mean, the, the cards come tumbling down. And it really lets you know how important Dante Jackson has been to our defense this year. I mean, even in his first year, uh, as soon as you lose him, they're putting Marlon in the wrong spot and, uh, you know, Cornell are in the wrong spot. And, you know, it, it, it forces everyone to have to do things that they're not expecting to have to do. And our front seven has been really disappointing. I think Luke Kixley had a very nice game today. But other than that, and I said this uh, in the Detroit post game, it doesn't matter what team you're talking about. If it's Atlanta, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Detroit, you name it, they're going to run the ball on the Panthers. They're going to run the ball on us. And it's not like we're, we're even stopping it that well. And I feel today we did it better than we had in the past, but I, we're not stopping it well enough. And when we stop one thing, we just completely miss on, on on the short passes and throws. I mean, there there's no synchronicity on our defense right now, and it's so uncharacteristic of what the Panthers normally do. Uh, I mean, yeah, Eric Washington is has been a problem, and a lot of people have been a problem. So I'm not heaping it all on him, but absolutely, he's a part of the problem, and he sees it too. They even said in the broadcast. Uh, I mean, look how many times we were blitzing. It's like we were blitzing to generate our pressure because otherwise we're not doing it just with our front four and maybe a rare Julius Peppers, you know, blow up yeah. the middle. Yeah, you're right. And uh, this is a continu- basically the problems of last season were not remedied. We did not get no. stronger on the defensive front. We had these pro- problems last year. You know, I thought Mario Addison played hard. Uh, I think that, like you said, is that while those problems – were bit have been tremendous for us this year. They weren't even that big for us today. And, and a lot of times I felt like we were winning some of those battles on the defensive line. But when one thing goes well, another thing goes wrong. You had Shaq Thompson and Luke Keekley playing well. And then right when they're, they're playing so well, then they don't. Luke Keekley with a big uh, penalty on the face mask that was problematic. Shaq Thompson, I thought we had one of his better games of the season, but I'll have to ask some some of the tape gurus today. Uh, there was that one play where the running back, you know, I think he took it to the house or got down to the one early on, and somebody said, why is nobody, like, nobody's on this dude right here? And I think Shaq should have shaded over at that point. Wes Horton was trying to drop into coverage, and I don't think it was planned that way. I think he was reacting to the play. I wanted to see Shaq Thompson shade to – his left, our right, in the camera angle, and that would have helped. So even our best players aren't playing fant- or playing great at times. Now, while a lot of people are mentioning tackles, I think I do have to be the first person to point out to the refs this week, and I'm not blaming this this loss on the refs or or our troubles on the refs, but boy, I felt like there was a hold on every play on that offensive yeah. that Seattle Seahawks offensive line. And they just did not call any holds today. And I think we also kind of got screwed on when Wes Horton jumped. I felt like he got back and set. And I don't think a guy who's a receiver pointing counts as enough movement as it it was a tight end who was standing up. I don't think that counts as enough movement to signal an offensive sides. 
Now, I don't know the rule book as well as some others, but I think we got kind of, we didn't get any breaks today. And on top of that, with all the greatness we had on offense, a lot of butterfingers when it comes to holding the ball. A lot of, uh, this could have gone south further quickly if we didn't recover some of those, uh, a couple of, of fumbles. Two by McCaffrey uh, were problematic. You know, it just, we didn't get any breaks today at the same time. Yeah, we didn't. And how about uh, on our opening drive? You know, can't listen. We all know Cam made that. Cam made that extra yard on on fourth and one. Uh, but then there's not enough uh, evidence to overturn the call. Listen, uh, this is like I, I even tweeted this out. Follow me on Twitter at Cody Lack. I, I I even tweeted this out that you know whenever you watch the Saints play, dude, they're getting every single call on the face of the earth. They get away with holding penalties. They get away with everything. But it's like, even in our own stadium, the referees have to call everything to a gnat's ass. Dude, it's just so annoying, man, when you're having to uh, fight the, the, the team you're playing and the referees at the same time. It's 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 just bad, man. But for, J- as bad J- as J- the referees were, it wasn't on them today, you know? Yeah, it's not on them. And uh, J-Dub called me out in the chat room, deserved. He said, no breaks. We recovered four fumbles. Uh, I guess, it, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> there were no breaks yeah. other than that. But, yeah, all yeah, right, the number is 252-228-5098. Let's keep pounding with these calls. Hi, this this is DJ calling in. Just, this, I'm going to try to keep this profanity out. This season's <laughs> over. The season's over. They just, yeah, it's over. We keep finding ways to lose games. Defense can't cover anybody. Get no missing kicks. Christian McCaffrey had a monster game today, and was all for nothing. Sounds like Brother Herbert. Like now, Seattle owns the tiebreaker. We're not beating the Saints. That's pretty much two losses right there. So, yeah, it's keep pounding for life, but this season's over. Yeah, it feels they that way. Everybody through the wide open downfield. I don't understand it. Air Washington needs to go. I don't know what's wrong here. Something needs to change. There's too many things that are wrong. Thank you for that call right there. And Legacy uh, Lynn, Legacy Lines, our friend Lynn says, we'll Tepper his see out. Whose birthday is today, by the way. So happy birthday happy to birthday. Ms. Lynn. From the C3 yeah. podcast, I would send you my my typical, a lot of, of our Panther brethren, I send a picture of Ron Rivera holding uh, happy birthday balloons. But that would be like a that clown from It showing up at your birthday party at this moment. <laughs> will, interesting question here, though. Will Tepper see the end? I mean, will Rivera make it through the end of the season? And I, I'll go ahead and turn that to you, Cody. Say that one more time. Will Tepper? Will Will Rivera see it through the end of the season? And Tepper will Tepper say it's time to go ahead and fire everybody at you know week fifteen and go ahead and start that search. So listen, it's the million dollar question. Um, what David Tepper thinks? You know, I mean, <laughs> if only if only to be a fly on the wall. Uh, in, in his offices, wherever he's watching the football games from, 
or maybe in the stadium, you know, I don't, I don't know where he's residing at the moment, but knowing his background and knowing that he's a Wall Street guy and knowing that he has, I mean, the guy literally has a set of brass balls and yes, I mean testicles on his table. The guy has bravado and the guy likes to do things his way. And he believes that his way is the best way to do things. And we have a coaching staff and a front office right now in Carolina that he had zero say-so in at all. And I honestly think that this was their season to prove to David Tepper going forward that they are still the guys for the job to help uh, this Panthers team be a return on his investment. So if I'm a betting man, I say David Tepper isn't happy with anything happening here in Carolina right now. The play of the players, um, maybe even some of the players that we've drafted. And I have a hard time believing that he has any shred of confidence in this coaching staff. Because honestly, why in the hell would you? You know, I just listen, you don't make $11 billion, you know, Yeah, by playing it safe, man. And the the, the pool of coaches this year isn't that large. So if you want the the upper echelon of coaches, you have to get a jump on them, man. You have to kind of start that um, that wooing process, so to say, you know. So it's certainly possible, man, that we're seeing the final days of um, Ron Rivera here in Carolina. It's certainly possible. All right, the number is 252-228-5098. What's up, guys? It's Chase Fuller from Hickory, North Carolina. We just got, doing, I'm sorry. A 63-yard field goal can only carry you so far. And we, the guy is done. He's done. He's, I mean, that's, 12, that's a, let's see, 9, 10, 11, 12 points that he's left out there on the field that we haven't brought home yet. Not on top yep. of that, I mean, I'm sorry. you got to give up on Eric Washington. you got to fire him, dude. He is trash. And not to, um, that play, Corn Elder, he, I think he thought he might have had a push off call or something. I agree. Sorry, I matter. think you got to make the play. And then Captain Mutterland, I don't even get me started. But let me know what you guys think. Yeah. That, that was a, we should have easily won that game, especially the way our offense was playing. Our defense was trash. Fucking trash. Sorry for my language. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, the moment has turned where there is no defense left. Right for Eric Washington, he's not part of the solution at this point. There is no solution. I do think you're exactly right when it comes to Corn Elder, thinking he did get a push off call. The guy was uh, holding him back or holding him off, but at the same time, he didn't turn around. And, and, and you're right; is you you just got to make the play, and he didn't. So no kudos, no no excuses there. And then you go to Graham Gano, and that. He had an opportunity today to kind of bring back, you know, this is what this, and maybe this is good news, folks. Maybe this is finally good news is that, you know, instead of Ron Rivera pulling a win out today and then maybe finding a way to upset the Saints once, then get into the wild card and get booted out in the first game, but being enough to save his job, maybe these are the nails, the final nails in the coffin. In a, to a sense. And I think that goes for Graham Gano at this point as well, is that he today could have, you know, 
set us right back to where we've been, which is, well, you know, he's pretty consistent. He's got a hell of a leg. And, yeah, he's missed a few kicks. But, he can, you know, he, he wasn't able to rewrite that narrative today. Instead, it just continued to be a missed opportunities. And I don't even – I'm so mad that I even just said that, Cody. Yeah, because you're so tired of hearing Ron Rivera spout it over and over. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that that's a great call. Thanks for listening to the show. The number is 252-228-5098. Jeff Hodge here again. <laughs> Just finished watching Graham Gano miss the field goal. Knowing all in the well that Seattle's going to go down and Janikowski's probably going to kick the field goal. And, and, there, and, and there it is right there. Yeah. He's watching it a lot. What? what we're doing here. Um, it's obvious that our defense is not the same. They are never in the right position. Very rarely. The only time they are is when their speed makes up for it. Or if Luke Keekley recognizes the play. I don't know if you guys noticed during the game, but Ron Rivera was Twice I saw him yelling at Eric Washington while the defense was on the field. Mm. I don't know if he was yelling a play call to him or what, but their body language today tells it all. Um, I don't know what we need to do to fix this, but something's got to be done because we're not a playoff team. We're a playoff offense, but we're not a playoff defense. Thanks, guys. All right, so, you know – I mentioned this last week, Cody, is that if anybody is going to fall first, to be felled first, it will be Eric Washington. And right now, if that is the case, if we are seeing that frustration from my, uh, Ron Rivera with his coordinator, I think Lynn said that demote him back to his previous job of D-line coach and uh, maybe Ron Rivera take over. But I would not be surprised and I am almost willing to put some money on it that Eric Washington becomes a casualty in a Ron Rivera save face effort. And that is now it's time. I've I tried to do it. And uh, now Eric Washington is out. I'm taking over in an effort to shuffle some of this to a first year coordinator. Yeah. I mean, that's not too far off, but, uh, I mean, even still. So, like, all right, uh, we've, we've seen this sentiment of, okay, well, then we know Ron is good at defense, so just demote him back to the defensive coordinator. But there's a reason why that doesn't happen. I mean, then you've, you know, you've already hired other defensive coordinators and other people to do their job. So then do you fire a few people just to demote one? And another thing right. that we need to bring up. Yeah, uh, okay, so we need to bring this up too, and this is a little bit inside football, but we're talking about we might hire um, a brand-new everyone, right? Maybe a brand-new general manager, a brand-new coach. When you bring in a brand-new coach, normally they will take people with them, people that they want to put in specific positions. So, for example, when uh, Steve Wilkes left Carolina, he brought our linebacker coach to Arizona, and he brought – I think one other one, I don't remember off the top of my head. So uh, this notion that you're going to demote Ron Rivera 
leave him on the Panthers at another position and bring in another head coach, that's not reasonable. And that just isn't going to happen. I mean, if this is, this is a situation where David Tepper has to decide, does he just want to rip this Band-Aid off now and get that pan over with of, of bringing in a new coach and staff and doing all of this right now? Because there's not a way that you're not going to, you know, have to do some major rehauling on a lot of our front office and coaching positions that doesn't require firing a, a good number of people that have been pretty tenured here in Carolina. Yeah, it's a tough situation. I mean, it's is that right now I, I do think is that it may be time to rip the Band-Aid off unless for some reason the Panthers are able to go win out at this point. Uh, which is the mo- is one of the most improbable things in the world, is that right now we just kind of are where we're at uh, in many ways. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised, again, if Eric Washington becomes a guy that Ron Rivera deflects some of this, uh, the heat, passes the hot potato to a little bit. It could buy him a little bit of time in some ways. Uh, but I don't even think that would be enough I truly think that these last three games have been um, a bad enough performance in a lot of different ways that says, hey, it's time for a completely new show here. Now, there is one person in the YouTube chat room that disagrees. His name's Michael Grief and uh, has been is really saying that really we're giving uh, this team and maybe some of these guys too much grief that we've been one kick away. Now, a couple of times, I do think that, look, is that we've been there in some games. And we've had, as Ron Rivera said, missed opportunities. True, that is on the players. And there have been a lot of problems on the players. But you're not going to definitely move on from your stars. And I, I just don't know if keep doing the same thing is is the solution. But he did say, and I think that this is something to that is, Michael Grief said something I think that is worthy of merit. And this is while this season may not, to me, I don't believe that this season we have a legitimate playoff, um, an opportunity to go deep in the playoffs when you're looking at how good the competition of of the Saints, the Rams, um, and some of these other teams that are playing really well in, in the – oh, and hey, let's throw the Bears in there at this point. I don't yeah. really think we have what it takes to be an all-around – Super Bowl team. We might have thought that into week three or four, but there are some positives. You continue to see that I think the number, the one, two, and three positives that we have seen this season have all been on offense. I'm going to say number one, DJ Moore has been tremendous these last two weeks, continues to just be a baller out there, caught a bullet from Cam Newton, runs up the field, turns immediately upfield. He is in three years, he could be like potentially the best receiver in the NFL if he continues to produce in this in this manner. Number two, Christian McCaffrey has been exceptional this season. He's been dazzling. He He's yeah. And then number three, Cam Newton has been tremendous. Cam Newton has done all the things that people have criticized him of the past and said that he has not been able to do. He has taking a lot of responsibility at the podium. He has increased his uh, accuracy, his throwing, his completion percentage. He has reduced the turnovers 
So I think there is some things to be, there are some things to be optimistic about Curtis Samuel being one of them, but some real kind of things that have also hamstrung us too, Cody. Uh, so while those things may be exciting uh, in, uh, in their own right, in the future context of where this team could be, it's really, um, we started six and three. You know, we started six and three or even six and two or something like that. We just have dropped and fumbled the ball. So I think that there is also a lot of things to be like, hey, it just hasn't been enough either. Yeah, it it hasn't been enough. Uh, And, you know, it's I go back to 2015, you know, and recently I've been mulling over the idea of a, a window. And is that a real thing? Do you have a certain window of time with a certain, you know, uh, set of players to win a Super Bowl? And I remember, you know, Denver in 2014, they got destroyed in the Super Bowl uh, by the Seattle Seahawks. And then two years later, they were back in the game and they won the whole thing. You know, I, I think there has been a, a a failure to put the pieces around at the right time there have been a lot of different uh, this is like now you're, you're seeing the end result of what has been a long time coming you're seeing some draft picks that haven't panned out uh you know vernon butler is still invisible you know a first round draft pick defensive tackle nowhere to be found um there's there's all these um there's a convoluence uh, of circumstances that that has come together that that shows us that this team isn't anywhere near as close as we thought that they were. And that's disappointing, man. We've been strong earlier in the year. Um, I feel like we had some great showings. We showed heart in that Philadelphia game to be able to come back and win on the road. But the fact that you're not able to win on the road, I mean, that is such a huge problem for us, and we just don't do it. And if you're not a good road team, that tells you about your defense because defense travels. And if you look at Chicago and, you know, uh, Los Angeles, even though they have a ton of points put up on them, they have pieces on that defense that right now we just don't. And even though we're moving in a direction where offenses are more high-powered than ever before, the defense still wins the championship. And this defense is not anywhere near that. The numbers 252-228-5098. Be a part of the longest-running Panthers podcast. Have your voice heard by calling in the show, participating in the chat. And uh, we're going to keep pounding through this free therapy together here on the couch, the Panther couch. Get on. Here's the next caller. Hey, fellas. This is Mario from the Quay now in L.A., just giving you a call. Uh, I want to give you my initial thoughts after watching uh, the game. Um, and uh, I want to talk defense with you because uh, the secondary is just, uh, well, a nightmare. Um, yeah. You know, I'm wrong, coming off of the game, but I got to tell you that uh, I'd give Eric Washington, Corn Elder, and Cap Mudlin their walking papers right now because uh, – that is just not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. And uh, I feel like 
watching the defense play over the past couple of games, I feel like Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh game was like the Philadelphia game where Del Home got exposed and every subsequent game has been some further evidence to tell us that it's shot. You know, uh, Del Home was shot. Uh, the secondary is shot. And uh, not that I've got the answers on what needs to happen, personnel, schemes, et cetera, but something's got to change. Um, and, and, you know, it's also disappointing, guys, because we just lost three in a row in November, and you know that you're not ready for the playoffs. We're not ready for the playoffs. If we make it to the playoffs, we're not ready. We're a one-and-donner. So it's just uh, frustrating, and you can hear it in my voice in the tone of this call. Anyways, uh, keep pounding, guys. We'll keep our heads up anyway. Take care. That's Mario Marcioni. That's my dude right there. And and really, the guy who is the who told us to do the cat calls. He said, "You guys got to do this." And we did it, and it's been the best thing, best addition to the show. A lot of frustration there. I do think this is we can continue to defend, we can continue to excuse, but in some other places at other times in other markets that teams that also have had some success, they would uh, make some drastic changes, at least visible changes here. And Eric Washington right now, I do believe could be the fall guy. Maybe it's fair. Maybe it's not fair, but he's going to go before Ron Rivera goes. And, and don't be surprised about that. Now, Captain Munnerlyn, Corn Elder, I'm going to give Corn Elder si- slightly a pass, but you know what? You got to get you got to get out there. You got to perform. You got to make the most of your opportunity. Look, Curtis Samuel has on his side, right? So, I mean, it is guys can go out there and make big plays, but as what as P Money said in the chat room, this secondary look lost without Dante Jackson, and that's sad. And that's sad to me. Because I think that Jonte Jackson should be an exciting and pleasant surprise, but not the anchor of a secondary in his rookie year. James Bradbury, up and down, up and down, makes a good play, blows a play. It is frustrating right now, Cody, and there needs to be something done. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, like I said already, I think that there will be something done. I'm hoping that there will be something done. And I hate to dwell on the past, but damn, dude, it bears saying, man, how many years have been wasted on Cam Newton's career? I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm talking a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback. And this year he's playing better than ever. And Lynn mentioned this in the chat. And I just found it on on Twitter that um, Cam Newton was sitting at his locker with the towel draped over him and his head or and his he had his head cupped in his hands, devastated by the loss. And he would go on to say in the press conference three weeks ago, if somebody would have said this would happen, I would have slapped them. So uh, Cam is frustrated. Uh, you know, when you have a once in a lifetime player playing out of his mind it just it, it it serves as a cold cruel reminder that you know yeah cam has his faults no one's saying that he's perfect but for all of the faults that cam newton has he has been so completely under service in his time here in carolina 
with subpar receivers, average offensive line play, and just having to make plays all the time when he is our only form of offense up until recently. So, I mean, that's why when you get back to saying, you know, something has to happen, right? Something has to happen with these coaches. Yeah, man, for Cam Newton's sake, I hope that something happens. I hope that that we have a general manager that knows how to hit on draft picks consistently and knows how to win in free agency and, and, you know, knows how to manage the cap to bring players on this team, both on offense and defense, to help out and, and bring that Super Bowl home. And right now we don't have that, and we're wasting the prime of what I believe is a generational quarterback. I don't want to talk about Cam Newton the way people talk about Donovan McNabb, who I thought was always kind of underrated for what he did for Philadelphia. But it's just it's unacceptable at this point. We have to do right by number one. Yeah, and anybody, there's no need to really place anything on Cam at this point. If there's anybody no. that has put his heart and soul into the team, into being uh, believing in the coaching staff, to now being a company man, essentially, uh, and has put his body on the line and his play is just, he's not ever been part of the problem. But you're right, right is that you have not done enough to capitalize on it. And if we don't start doing something soon, Cam just can't win games. You know, we're starting to see maybe some signs of that with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore that, and Curtis Samuel that these parts could come together. But then you start to think, Next year, you're going to have to replace a center, a left tackle, uh, uh, potentially a left guard all on off on the offensive line. Maybe one guy, maybe the left guard stays, and that's the only thing out of that line. And then you look on the defensive line, and you're talking about two defensive ends. You're talking about adding a lot of help at the safety position. There's a lot of holes and a kicker now. Right, that have not been able to be filled properly and adequately. Look, we've got tremendous record-setting numbers for the C3 podcast right now. We appreciate your support. The number is 252-228-5098. Go ahead and turn your phones to portrait mode if you're on YouTube. Smash that thumbs up button. If you're watching on Facebook, hit that like button. Share it in a group or with your friends. We have been doing this strong every week on Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. since 2013. Haven't missed a Tuesday, and the post-game shows have been a great addition because of your support. Call into the show using the number 252-228-5098. Let's queue up the next call. Hey, this is Jeremy, second-time caller. Called in last week as well. Um, you know, the offense this week, it was night and day. Um, the running game was going. Cam looked good, except for the one interception he tried to force. Uh, other than that, the offense was great. Uh, negatives of the offense. We're in the red zone. you got to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, settling for field goals against a team like Seattle with a quarterback like Russell Wilson isn't going to win you the game. Um, not with how our secondary has been playing, but like I said, Cam looked great. Christian McCaffrey is the running back we drafted. He's a versatile running back receiver. That's how I look at him. Um, far from the defense. Run-wise, great. Front seven looked good. Stop the run. Uh, we got pressure on Russell Wilson early. 
it died off. Big key to losing the game. Uh, Dante Jackson goes down the first quarter, first series, actually. And um, Cornell is just god-awful. Um, <laughs> he is terrible. Uh, secondary has got to pick it up. I mean, they single-handedly honestly lost us that game as the secondary. Uh, burn, getting burned after getting burned after getting burned. Tackling, they look great. They did a lot better tackling. Some of the tackle Jeff. Um, but I'll just again. We're now six and five. We are sitting in the eighth spot. We are looking the outside looking in. I'm looking forward to the season. We've got Tampa Bay and Cleveland. If we lose one of those games, our season's over. Uh, win both of those. New Orleans comes to Carolina. Probably going to get our ass handed to us. Uh, Atlanta comes to Carolina. Division game. Who knows? We go to New Orleans. They might not have starters in. That's a winnable game because if they've already put someone seed, no reason to start your starters. Um, so, like I said, again, horrible, tough loss to take today. Um, got to rebound next week. Got to beat Tampa. Got to beat Cleveland. Uh, so we shall see. All right, keep pounding on the next week. Yeah, is this is really a heartbreaking loss, Cody? Because any any kind of lack, and you maybe you're seeing this from Cam in Cam Newton's comments. You saw it. Look, he was la- he kind of laughed when when Captain Munerlin uh, blew that coverage and it was over, you know, and not laughed at Captain Munerlin like, dang, we can't pull anything out. He's going to talk this week about finding ways to win. But I think that you are seeing the writing on the wall or already have seen the writing on the wall this week for this year and this team. And maybe too much success going further doesn't put us in a position to quickly and adequately address our needs. But I don't like – no one wants to think, to talk about tanking. No one wants to talk about giving up. Um, but right now, let's just be honest. We can say Ron Rivera and the, and the players can come out and say, look, it's any given Sunday. If we can make it into the dance, we can do something. But right now, when you put this team up against the New Orleans Saints, a Los Angeles Rams, a Kansas City Chiefs, or a Chicago Bears team, you don't have a lot of faith right now. And it's not even faith because that acts like it's on us to not to, that we don't believe in the team enough. Is that right. right now those teams are hot as all get out and just lights out in so many areas, and we're totally not lights out. No, we're not lights out at all. And that's another thing, man. You know, people on Twitter, oh, you don't believe in the Panthers. You know, you this and that. You're uh, you're not real fans or whatever. No, listen. We're allowed as fans to call out what we see, and we're doing a show, so uh, it's especially our job to point out all of the negative things that we see on the field, and to also just be honest with everyone that as of this moment, this is not a contending football team. This isn't a championship team. And look, let's be real: we're six and five. We're still in the hunt, but based off of what we've seen the last three weeks in a row. It doesn't instill any confidence. We've seen now a bunch of different scenarios on the road and now at home where we weren't doing the things that's necessary for a football team to do if you want to make a playoff run. You know, even I mentioned it, I think it was last Sunday or Tuesday, I forget which one, that, you know, the the Giants won a Super Bowl being the wild card, and I think they were 10-6, and uh, you know, 
what I'm saying is, is even though I don't remember a lot about that season, I don't know if, you know, this team has the wherewithal to be able to pull it together and right the ship in that amount of time. And on top of that, have a bunch of teams in front of you now that need to lose. I mean, if they don't lose, it doesn't even matter if, if you run the table. I mean, now we don't control our own destiny. We need stuff to happen. A friend of mine said, a good buddy of mine said this this weekend. He said the Saints are putting away teams in the first quarter. <laughs> you know, is yeah. that, look, at the end of the day, in this case, when we're looking at how good other teams are at this point versus how we are have so many weaknesses. The one thing the Carolina Panthers have not done this season that I thought we had started to learn last year was find ways to win. Cam Newton said this in the press conference last week. We've got to find ways to win on the road. We've got to find ways to win and win these games. And as Jeremy pointed out, there were, there were some times there where you're in the red zone and you couldn't find a way to get either a touchdown to get that conversion what was necessary at that point. So as a team, I feel like this is a team doesn't have to on every week show you what it takes to win in the playoffs, but they do have to show you some signs that they're continuing to get better either from week to week or even in these first games that they lose, that the problems are fixable and rectifiable. But these problems at this point are just repeatable at this moment. So you can be a part of the yeah. show by calling in 252-228-5098. Let's keep going through these calls. There's a lot of them. Yo, this is Papa Brigham, who am I in North Carolina. Uh, I've been happy since the beginning game. And uh, I just wanted to say, man, don't, don't feel down about this game, Carolina Panthers fans. We're going we gonna to be all right. You want to know why? Learn more in the losses. Three of them, back to back to back. I'm gonna check and see when the last time that's happened, but that's terrible. Uh, to be honest, I only watched, I wasn't gonna watch this game, but I watched it because I'm a diehard Panther fan. And at the end of the day, I just wanted to see my boys go off. I wanted to see Cam go ham. I wanted to see DJ keep doing his thing. And of course, Curtis Samuel do his thing as well. And they all did. So I was happy to see that. It's really unfortunate that they were able to do all that and we still lost the damn game. You know, ain't really no excuse for that. Um, I remember back in the day, just wishing we could get a touchdown and being so happy when we did, knowing that the defense would be stout. Nowadays, when we score a touchdown, I almost know that the other team is about to come right back with a touchdown. That's happened so many times, and it's happening now. Everybody's on that fire, Eric Washington, and I want to get up on that train too. I feel like he, he did good the first um, the first quarter. After that, you know, things kind of fell off. Uh, the secondary was exposed. Corn Elder is a liability. That play that he had, man, he just he, he left that man completely open. He never got his head turned around. He grabbed him anyway. Corn Elder cannot get see the field no more. We gotta do something about that. We gotta get some pass rushes, but overall today the defense kinda let us down, you know. It's just thirty hard. points. Stop Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton and everybody else that did their thing. Don't feel bad about this, y'all, because we're gonna learn, we're gonna figure out our identity and you know, we might be out of playoff race, we might not reach the playoffs this season. But it's looking bright because we got some weapons, you know. Keep pounding. Keep. I, I like in one way this is that, hey, is that don't let this loss cripple you as a fan. And, and 
But there are so many unanswered questions and so much uncertainty going into the future. The good news, though, is teams like the Rams, the Bears, have been in similar positions to this in recent years and have quickly turned things around with a change in philosophy, a change in attitude, and a change in just emotion you know, one thing that somebody pointed out this week, and maybe it was uh, Cody, you retweeted, or we were talking about it last night on Twitter, and that is uh, Marty Herney was at the Oklahoma game on, what was that, Friday? Thursday or Friday, yeah, Friday. night? Friday. And I think a lot of people immediately go, hey, he's scouting players out there. And I'm saying, look, maybe my man is scouting Lincoln Riley, a guy who is and has that youth, that offensive um, kind of insight and creativity and ability to get a lot out of an offense, much like a Sean McVay has been in Los Angeles. Now, I, I think that's a long stretch for what I'm saying here. But going back, Cam Newton has been tremendous. Christian McCaffrey, as J-Dub pointed out in the chat room, is something that we can build an offense around in the next three years. DJ Moore, very exciting. So you're starting to see some things that we haven't had in the past. But, boy, this defense, every time they have a chance to punch a guy back, they have just been punched right in the nads. Yeah, a bunch of times. And that's why it doesn't instill confidence moving forward. You know, when you have uh, teams that, like, and, and I think we've said this before, we're kind of front runners. We'll get off to a start, and then, you know, it's we, we then just kind of flounder, you know. And if if they're able to stop us first, well, then we're going to be in for a hell of a football game. And I think, you know, you can mention Philadelphia, but that was kind of an outlier. You know, I mean, none of us thought that we were going to come back and win that game in Philadelphia. And I think the fact that we did, it kind of, you know, gave us a false sense of confidence and what this team was able to do in adversity situations. But, yeah, I mean, there are there are plays that don't go our way, and then there are calls, um, you know, by our coaches that are just kind of unfathomable. You know, you don't know what's happening. That's why uh, I really am – I am hopeful that not only do our coaches um, get fired, just being honest, but – I want us to have an offensive-minded head coach. And this is another thing that we haven't mentioned yet. I don't know if, we, if we've been on uh, since Ron Rivera said this. Um, Ron Rivera watched the Monday night football game between the Rams and the Chiefs. And then, uh, you know, they asked him what his thoughts on that football game were. And he's like, eh, I'm not a fan of it. I'm more of a 7-6 to six kind of guy. Ron Rivera, our coach, said that. And that's so frustrating and so indicative of the philosophy that I believe is on our coaching staff. So, yeah, um, what's the name of the guy from Oklahoma, the former ECU coach? Lincoln Riley. Yeah, uh, let me tell you, man, I'm, I'm not mad at, um, at someone like him being a part of the Carolina Panthers. I'm just hoping that he doesn't bring that Oklahoma defense because that I don't want. But the offense that they employ – yeah, I'll definitely order up some of that. Thanks for joining the C3 Podcast. Smash that thumbs up button. Share the show. Let's keep going on with these calls. Hey, guys. Ah, that game sucked. 
<laughs> but I think it's time to probably start tanking the season. I mean, I honestly, I know the even year curse is real. Everybody's like, oh, no, we'll get rid of over it. But the even year curse is real. We never have back-to-back win the seasons. It's just a thing with our, our team. Just it happens, get over it, whatever. Um, I think this, team, this game really showed what our offense looks like without Sanchez. Um, it was very run-heavy today, uh, probably the most running I think we've done all year. McCaffrey was gassing, Everybody was though. thinking without Sanchez, oh, Samuel uh, and Moore will have time and time, but they pretty much got the same amount of touches that they would get in the game otherwise. Uh, Sanchez, love him or hate him, well, a lot of people hate him, but, I mean, he is what he is. He gets down the field, he catches the ball, he gets first down. Mm. That's it. I'm tired of all the Sanchez hate. Tired of all the Sanchez hate. He dropped five uh, balls last week. We need him in our offense. Hopefully he gets back next week. Uh, I'm not really confident enough going to Cleveland and beating the Browns. Uh, they've been playing pretty well this year. They just uh, If we lose to the Browns, the, uh, nobody should come home. The Bengals this week. Except for so, the guys uh, we'll we've We'll see what happens next up. week. But keep on it, guys. Uh, well, we got four more years of good know, luckily. <laughs> oh, good no. oh no! Good no! I hope that is not the truth. All right. So one thing, though, I'm going to disagree with that call is that look, is Funches dropped five balls last week, right? He has been uh, anything but been able to go down the field and catch the ball consistently. He's not been awful all the time. But let's go ahead and point this out, Cody. Today we're missing the guy who has the most experience on this team. In the as a receiver, Cam Newton had his best day today as a quarterback, arguably. And uh, this offense did not look like it was missing anything. Unlike if you look on the defense when Dante Jackson goes down, this I mean, the defense goes, Oh crap, is we were missing Funches this week, and you would not have. I at no point did I feel like the Panthers' offense was less of a threat. Yeah, uh, listen, and I'm I'm halfway in between you and our caller. So I don't think Devin Funches is trash. And yeah, he had a terrible game. I, I don't think that's the normal for Devin Funches. Like I said, if you had to pick between Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin, you're probably taking Funches, right? Yeah, so, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, okay. So in my mind... You know, Devin Funches isn't going to be worth the amount of money that he's probably going to request. And yeah, you made you make the best point is that, you know, Cam Newton had another fantastic day without him. And he got the ball to his younger, faster wide receivers. So yeah, I, I could very easily see a situation where Devin Funches is not uh on this team after uh you know at the end of the season. But I, I do want to say this. So that caller brought up tanking. And you never tank. I mean, as a coach, you never tell your players, all right, we're throwing this one, boys. You know, we're, uh, right. you know, uh, unless you're yeah, we're from the, yeah, unless, it, well, even them, they're tanking by just trading away all their talent. You know, right. I, I mean, yeah, there, there's never ever going to be a scenario where a head coach will tell you that we are going to lose on purpose. Um, 
but what I will say is this, and I've been having a conversation with Peter Money in the chat, you know, saying that there aren't any uh any football players in this draft that will change an organization. And as someone that follows the draft, I can name off a ton of them. And I, I did in in the chat room. Now, whether or not we'll be in the draft order position to pick up some of them, that might be a little different. But there are always, there are undrafted players every year that go on to start for a football team. I mean, you never know what a player is going to end up being until you put your coaching staff around them and kind of tune them up a little bit. But there's absolutely players in this draft. I can name off maybe eight or nine of them right now that I would love to have on this Panthers football team, man. Let me tell you, and this is an early insight into what I'll do on the show come draft season, but um, I'll preview some draft picks as I was doing in the cat calls. But one of the uh, players that, listen, if we traded up for him, I mean, and it would be a ton, I'm not even mad. That's Jonah Williams, the left tackle out of Alabama. That guy is a demigod, man. I mean, that guy lets no one buy him. He's strong on the run. And, you know, I, I'm tired of wondering if a speed rusher is going to blow up Cam Newton, you know? So there are players in every draft that will transform your franchise. But do you have the general manager and the, the scouts around them to identify the talent? But that's all I'll say about that. But we'll never tank for draft picks. We're going to fight out the rest of the season, and, and it's going to be what it is, you know? Well, you know, you don't want to win a couple of games for – well, I, and look, is I don't want to lose any games, period. I would love to win out. But at the end, right. if it's not, if you're not truly going to have a, an, an opportunity to make a run, and you do know that you have some big, we're talking big holes to fill. These are uh, attack, offensive tackles cost a lot of uh, draft collateral. Defensive ends t- cost a lot of draft collateral. It may be easier to negotiate the draft if you're in pick say twelve to seventeen than 22 right. to 25 and I know that doesn't sound like a ton but maybe it does affect you in a second round your ability to move into the back end of a first round and and and, and target a guy that could be where you you double dip in a way and then get somebody in free agency yeah. what the good news though is is that some of the really good teams are so far ahead that those guys draft picks are going to really be solidified in the 20 like 25 through 32 have already been solidified just by how good some of these teams are out there but you know um i i'm, I'm interesting we'll look ahead to the cleveland browns and uh if you get beat by the browns and we said this is after the Steelers game, we looked worse than the Browns did. If we get beat by the Browns, is that you're really talking about the end is here for everybody except for those stars that we think can b- bring us into the future. The number is 252-228-5098. What's up, man? This is Coltrane, uh, classic Coltrane from Twitter. Shout What's out up, to my man? Podcast. What's up, Coltrane? Chronicles love y'all. Love the show. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Uh, number one. I hate to be this guy, man, because I hate when people do this. I pick and choose my opportunities to do this, but I'm going to say it, man. The rugby was terrible. Kawan Short got held 
every single play, man. Yeah. Like, trust me, I'm not that guy. I don't complain about wrestling too often, but this was pathetic. I mean, like, the dude arm is like wrapped around his shoulder pad, and Kawan can't get free because he's being held. Like, it is blank. It was pathetic. Two, Bradbury is not a number one corner. And it leads me to my next point. If you're going to have awful, awful pass rush, you better have an awesome pass coverage. If you have bad pass coverage, you better have an awesome yeah. pass rush. The Panthers are neither. Yep. And that's a recipe for destruction. And then on top of that, we can't really stop the run that well. So that makes matters worse. So if you look at the, the season holistically, we've just never been able to put together a complete game. The offense shows up and the defense shows up, and we play together. We just don't do it, man. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Fire Ron Rivera. Fire Graham Gano. Fire the hell out of Graham Gano. Shout out to the best kind of podcast. <laughs> man, thanks a lot, Classic Coltrane. We like you so much. We might even bring you back for another call. One other point I had to make, and I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Coltrane again. How in the heck? And I'm not a football coach. I'm not a football savant. You guys seem way more versed in this kind of thing than I am. I'm just legitimately curious. How in the hell do our cornerbacks pay 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, but we still get beat beat? Someone please explain that to me. I'm applying logic to a situation. I'm applying common sense to a situation. I just need this explained to me. Is it scheme? I don't know what it is. Thanks. Bye-bye. Love y'all. Appreciate the call. Uh, numbers 252-228-5098. Turn that YouTube screen to portrait mode. Smash that thumbs up button. We're here on Tuesday nights, 9 p.m., doing this show live each and every week. Good or bad, we'll be here no matter what to keep you, um, keep us all together through the good times and the bad. Here we go. Keep pounding with these calls. Hey, uh, this is Christopher Kelton. I was just calling the I don't know. We got to get some draft picks or something. We're looking real bad out here. And this was a game that should have been won, just like the Detroit game. And I guess it's the curse of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We lost that game. We have not been the same. Something's got to change, man. Something's really got to change. I'm one of those frustrated fans right now that just can't put my hands on it right now. I mean, Captain Motherland. Uh, he was missing a lot of things. I don't know if he was missing in action or he just uh, got blown out on some coverages. Maybe he was showing his age. If somebody give him some Gerald talk because he needs to go to. And uh, we got to get younger and we got to get faster. We got to get people we need and stuff in the ground to stop. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, and we're going to need a kicker too. So, all right. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Lots of calls tonight. We're going to keep going. Well, you know, we just missed some opportunities. Well, there's some situations where guys had opportunities to step up and make plays, and uh, it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. There, there, we had a chances where, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to, to put ourselves in a good position to win that game, and it didn't happen. Well, that sounds familiar. It's starting to sound too familiar every week, week in and week out. I mean, it's bad enough where we're out of the playoffs. We ain't going. What's left is try to just shoot for a, a winning season so we could say, oh, well, at least we got back-to-back winning season. Oh, boy. That's it. Take that to the bank. Hang that banner in the damn stadium. Put that up there for everybody to come see every week at freaking Bank of America. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guys, this, I think Ron's done. 
The truth Washington's stings done. sometimes. You know, and I hate to say it, but Turner will probably end up having to go with him. But it's a shame because I like Turner. I think what our offense is doing is spectacular. Keep him as an offensive coordinator, bringing a new head coach, bringing a new GM, and, you know, coach's pay doesn't count towards the salary cap. So I expect Tepper to go out and shop. Um, I also kind of expect to see, uh, you know, at least some kind of upgrade situation, even if it's not this off season, but in the future for practice facility. You know, I get it. There's a lot of teams that practice outside, but a lot of those teams that practice outside, quote unquote, have a facility where they can go inside. They have the ability or they have the option. So, all in all, the offense looked pretty damn good today. A couple stalled drives. Um, that's really you know, the, the offense is the shining crown of this team, and everything else is crap right now. Yeah. Crap. You know, we're talking about playoffs? No way. No way. We don't even want to go to the playoffs. Why? So we get the, the shit kicked out of us the first round. We're going to go get our asses handed to us by with the Cowboys or the Redskins or, or whoever the hell happens to freaking make it in there. I'm good with that. Y'all have a good one. Keep pounding. Yeah, I think he's right on, uh, uh, really throughout that call. The offense is the shining star. The, the one thing that we will probably just say is that, is that while we look, we've been, I've been a big fan of North Turner, the acquisition, what he's done for this offense. But if Ron Rivera goes, everybody goes. I'm talking, you know, because maybe it is time to bring in, like Cody says, in this era where you have a Cam Newton, where you have a Christian McCaffrey as someone that has the aptitude and the desire to make one of those, to make the team into something that we just haven't been in the past. And that is just, just because we haven't won that way in the past doesn't mean that that isn't a good option for us. But he does go forward. And I want to say this is it's not even about tanking at this point. Or is I want to ask you this truly, Cody, is we play the Bucks at in Tampa. Then we go to Cleveland. We're on a two-game road trip. Right now, I think the Bucks are the team that we have the best chance of of arguably beating. They're just in collapse. But the Browns today put up 35 points against the Cincinnati Bengals. They are playing. They're hitting, uh, getting a little confidence, a little excitement there. So you got the Browns. I would be surprised unless we just completely demolish the Bucks. This is a pick'em game. When you get to Cleveland at this point, given the record the Panthers are there, so you're talking one game you're favored, maybe on the road at, at the Bucks by maybe a field goal, if anything. Then the Browns is a pick 'em. The Saints, they've got to be like 10 point favorites at this point in Carolina on Monday night. Then you got the Falcons, where, hey, the Falcons have played under their potential in many ways, but they're going to play us t- tough late in the season. I don't see a lot of games here where we look like we should win them on paper even. I'll tell you what I'm worried about in that matchup. Miles and Garrett on Chris Clark. Ew, <laughs> that, that, that makes my butthole clench. <laughs> if I'm being honest, don't make it too visual. Listen, man, I, I, uh, I mean, they beat the – look, how about this? This is the only thing you need to say. If the uh, Browns beat us, 
then we're the Falcons. And you don't ever want to be the Falcons, folks. But the Falcons lost to the Browns. And right now, if we don't fix some things on the road, we're going to lose to the Browns too. But again, it goes back to how much trust do you put in this coaching staff to actually fix things? And yeah, I just don't, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to be a pessimist. I don't consider myself a pessimist. But I do think that we're just being honest and being real at this point. Uh, this is not a team that we believe is going to turn it around and do great things moving forward. If they do, man, I would love it. I'm happy if that happens. But there's no reason to think that they will. And um, on the road, yeah, I mean, we're on the road in Tampa. You know, uh, that that's a tough game. I think both of those games are tough games, man. And I think that Baker Mayfield up in Cleveland has finally hit his stride. Um, he's a good quarterback, man. And they have playmakers around him. So, yeah. Uh, and Nick Chubb, God, Nick Chubb. I called Nick Chubb, too. I said he was the better of the backs, the Georgia backs between Sonya Michelle and Nick Chubb. I said it. I said it. I said it. The yards difference between the two of them was a, a fabrication. Nick Chubb is a beast. And I'm more worried about him on that offense than anyone else because he is a monster. Yeah, there's no need to even use the term tanking, guys. No, we're not tanking. If you lose because you can't win, you're not tanking at that point, right? Is that here's the deal is that we should beat the Bucks. The Browns is a game that you would like to think four weeks ago would have been, um, um, you know, a shellacking on us on them. But we've, the, our teams have gone different directions. We've gone down. They've gone up at that team. But still, even at that point, you put us those – if we won those two games back-to-back, you're talking about a team that is eight and, what, we would have eight wins at that point. But then you got to play the Saints twice. If anybody realistically be, thinks that we should beat the Saints the way we've been playing at this point is that that's just, that's just homerism at its finest. Now, to say that at any given Sunday a team can go out there and pull a win, I'm not saying that's not the case. But at this point, there looks like there are three losses on the schedule for the Carolina Panthers and two wins left. So that puts you at 8-8 eight and eight for the season. That's not taken, folks. Tanking, that's just not enough. And I don't know if you got enough yeah. to what it takes right now to win the a win against some of those teams. Nick Chubb, huge fan of that guy. Um he was he was tremendous in Georgia. I was with you on that one. The number's 252-228-5098. Hey, what's up, C3? Uh, this is Nova Black. A little bit after the what's game. What's up, Nova? I'm not sure if I'll make the uh the post game uh call, so uh I'm just gonna say this. I don't think we played that bad of a game. Um, I think our defense hurt because we lost Jackson. They was going out to Corn Elder. The boy need more practice time, more play time, more time to develop, obviously. He got the, the, the physical abilities, though. It's just once he gets the cerebral game, he'll be a little bit better. But Jackson been eating it up. Monolin been eating it up. Um, man, uh, it's, it's been a rough game. The defense... Uh, all right, a little bit better, but not too bad. Seahawks is all right. Offense, 
I think we did pretty good overall. Um, minus the fumbles, but you know, uh, I, I I think it was a pretty pretty fair game. We lost. I think it was a couple uh downs there that we could have called different plays instead of all of that running. When Cam was killing them in the passing game, I, I just don't see why I stopped killing them in the passing game. Um, I think we have gone from yeah. being a wild card spot to uh, in the hunt spot in the rest of these games. You know, uh, we can turn it on somewhere along the line. I think um, there is the possibility that our, our guys is like a week behind all the other teams in Jelen. When I say Jelen, I mean Jelen. <laughs> Properly speaking. Um, and I, I feel like I think this is the week that we actually get it together. We played against a pretty decent team in the Seahawks. We lost at home. We on, I think, a third straight loss. And the next game is where we get it together. Everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, boy, hairline in the slum. And we wake up and crank it up and everybody have a good game. <laughs> At least I'm hoping for it. Anyway, um, that's all I got to say in my take on the game. It's a loss, a must win, but I don't think we out the hunt. And I think that if some things just still go out, wait. If we can just crank it up the next game, man. And I'm, after the next game, I'm going to keep pounding, but, man, I'm going to be talking trash. Yeah, I, I think – here, let's go ahead and that. A lot of people, you know, and this is the conversation you're going to have on a negative, uh, you know, post-game show at this is, are you being too hard? Are you being too down? Or, you know, and he said is that this the, – the law, you know, we didn't play terribly at, at this point. And, and that's what Ron Rivera – need to be telling his team and that's what the team is going to have to be telling themselves but what we're here to say too is um while we were in this game and we and look you could say that about detroit you could say that about the seahawks game you could say that about the redskins game you can say that about the falcons game four of our losses right is that you could say hey we didn't play we were in a position when we didn't play terribly but just like i've said in the past if we would have won those games by a field goal, nobody cares how you won the game uh, in week 16 when you're going into the playoff game. So at the end of the day, on the reverse, I think, is also true and that nobody cares how you lose the games. is that this loss is just as detrimental as a blowout by Pittsburgh and, and maybe even worse in so many cases because this was – this put this, like you said, now – we are in a place where we're not in control of our destiny. You've got teams that are going to be sneaking up in the wild card. Thank God the Falcons lost. If 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 the goal is to get a wild card spot and to continue to just have some winning ways, but right now the idea that you're going to win a majority of your games when you got to play the Saints twice, uh, a Cleveland team that is surging, and an Atlanta Falcons team that is really upset. I'm going to tell you this is the Atlanta Falcons. They know that they've squandered a lot of opportunities and it's not going to hurt them that bad. Uh, they're going to have uh, to, to hurt our feelings. That will be something uh, that is the case. The number is 252-228-5098. I think Nova Black is coming back for some more. Hey, C3, it's Nova Black again. Um, What's up, Nova? I, ran, I 
guess I ran over the limit the last time. I ain't gonna keep everybody. I said what I had to say. But the only thing I will, I wanted to finish with is that, uh, man, we, we, uh, I don't think it was a bad, that bad of a game. It was a loss that came down to play calling and I'm gonna say a little bit better clock management. Uh, and, and I think the defense with little minor mistakes that we shouldn't be making, um, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for this game. I think we had a good game. And at the end of the day, hopefully we get it together next game. All right. We, we appreciate the call, Nova Black, but the game was certainly was not good enough for me. And it did not end. You know, Graham Gano kicks that field goal. We squeak out a win. We say this is that this team is finding ways to win. We say that this team is all of a sudden an offensive team where um, and that they're going to be able – to pick the defense up, but the defense has enough veterans, uh, enough, uh, you know, kind of savvy to find ways to win at the end. You look at the Detroit game, there's some argument that they did that as well. They put our offense in a position in the fourth quarter to win. The whole narrative changes if you win this game, but the fact of the matter is we didn't win this game. We didn't find a way to win. The responsibility falls on all facets of the game. The offense's inability to convert and score touchdowns early in the game when there were some opportunities there. The defense's inability to get a stop when it matters at times, and Graham Gano's inability to hit a kick when it matters. All of those things, they are a reality at this point that would not have been the reality had we won the game. But we just haven't won these games, Cody. And right now, this team has lost three in a row. It is not getting better. There is not a lot to just say, look, this is all hands on deck. Everybody grab a, a pail and start bailing before this ship goes down. But right now, we're sinking fast. Yeah, and all right. I mean, I, I listen, I do appreciate the honesty of Nova and all these other guys and the optimism. Um, and, and listen, man, I, I hope I'm so wrong. You know, I hope that we're all wrong and that we end up pulling it together and, you know, figuring out what we need to do on offense and defense and, and make a play. I want this team to win the Super Bowl every year. We all want that. You know, we all want this team to be successful. And, yeah, we, we did some good things today. I mean, today wasn't a dumpster fire. But what you saw was a team that let go too many big plays when they mattered and failed to uh, convert first downs when they mattered, you know, and, and kickers that weren't clutch. And, you know, it's that that's what it boils down to. The, the game wasn't absolutely terrible, but it wasn't a good football game either, not by any stretch of the imagination. All right, two more calls to go. Okay, uh, this is Mel again. I know my last call was a little bit sarcastic, so I wanted to – call and do a, a bit more of a serious call. Um, today was one of those games where we did a lot of things right, but it was a couple of things that went wrong that we um, we it just ended up costing us the game. Um, us trying to uh, score on the first drive and um, trying to get a touchdown and, and not going for the field goal on the first drive kind of hurt. Um, 
And I don't want to put it all on the defense because the defense, at the end of the day, did enough to win us or get us, have us able to win the game. So it wasn't all on the defense. Um, not all on offense, obviously, either. Uh, I do think our passing game was a bit anemic other than Moore and a couple of catches by Samuel. Um, it seems like we didn't have just the right guys out there at some times. I don't know if it was, but, um, of course, Christian McCaffrey and, and had a great game, both catching and, and running the ball. So that kind of made up for not having Funches out there. Um, it's rough. I, I put on Facebook, I jokingly that I, I just kind of wish at this point we missed the playoffs so we can get a better draft pick. Uh, cause even if we do are able to win a lot these last year's games and then get to the playoffs, I don't know if we are playing good enough football to compete in the playoffs to, and we'll end up having the, the 24th, the 27th pick again where we can't really capitalize on our draft pick. It's just the thoughts that um I would I guess would be going through my head. Still pants fan, still pants for life. Keep farming. Um I do think we should keep Ron Rivera for at least another year. Simple because he's he's been up and down and this is probably gonna be considered one of his down years. And uh we just have to come back next year swinging. Now if we do have a bad year next year then maybe that's the time where Tepper should say, hey, okay, we should change things up. The, the Ron Rivera era is over. But, I mean, overall, if you look at his full body of work, Ron has been doing pretty well here. Uh, it's just, we just need to get everything clicking to, to get it done. Here's the problem. Thanks a ton for that call. Um, here's the problem with keeping Ron Rivera or the the – that maybe we feel that way in some cases because we have seen some of our our franchise's greatest success under Ron Rivera, Super Bowl run, several division championship. One thing though that has been uncharacteristic of a Ron Rivera team, and I think it was uh, who said it in the YouTube chat was uh, JT Live said, "Look, we have um, we've had a terrible November, right?" But I'd like to remind that, you know, Tepper was not here for those good years. Last year was the year that Tepper saw the best of the Carolina. Uh, actually, he didn't even see us that last year. This is, he has not seen any of the body of work from just from what he's going to be reviewing. So I don't know if that sentimentalism, that Panther fans, that kind of, hey, you flip a coin 10 times, and if you get eight tails, you're bound to hit a heads at once next year. I don't know if, if if David Tepper would have that same sort of approach and sentimentalism. He could go and look at this and say, look, this has been broken from the very beginning. You know, Marty Herney hires Ron Rivera. Then Marty Herney gets fired. Dave Gettleman comes in and does and, and keeps Ron Rivera, much like we're suggesting here, because you don't necessarily feel like he's done anything that he is the only reason for your problems. But then Dave Gettleman gets gone. Marty Hurdy comes back. Ron Rivera is still around. It's up and down. There's uncertainty surrounding. Maybe it's like this is that um, none of that. If you, that's also going to be in the data he assesses as well, just as well as the success Ron Rivera has had 
at this point. So I don't know if Ron Rivera, I, I truly think Ron Rivera at this point is um, a coach that may be coaching for his life. And I'm starting to wonder, can he coach himself out of this like he did maybe in 2012 and 2014 with strong Decembers? Even if, I mean, I think you have to beat the Saints once, maybe twice to make that conversation real. Yeah, and what it boils down to for me, and Tony, I remember you, me, and Joey were having the conversation of, you know, Really, Ron Rivera is a mid-tier coach. He's not bad. He's not a bad football coach. But if he's not the team, or if, if he's not the coach that's going to bring us to the promised land and get the most out of our football players, then he might as well be in that bottom tier because he's not getting us to the point where we need to go. And one of the reasons why I'm on the fire Ron Rivera train more than ever, again, it's not that I think that he is an absolutely god-awful football coach. I think there's enough evidence to prove that he is not, but it's his philosophies are the ones that I don't agree with. Like The way he views football, to me, is kind of backward, and I don't think that's the kind of mindset that's going to bring this team to a championship, especially in this current age of NFL football. I think you need to be aggressive at just about all times. You need to want to put up points whenever possible. And uh, I think that you need to be able to really switch up between your rush and your pass attack. And I think that Ron Rivera believes, and I know he believes it because he said it, that you run the football to set up the pass. And that's true, but it also works both ways. And I feel that there have been games where he's committed to running the football when he shouldn't be. And that's why I'm also putting a lot of this on North Turner as well. I think we need a a newer, more lively uh, view of looking at how Panthers play football. And I don't think Ron Rivera is the man for the job anymore. Well, he did mention this last week is that the way the NFL is set up uh, and the way the rules have gone, is that it's much harder to do to win in that manner. You know, is that it's just not as easy in the 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 game is being stacked in in for the offense um in in the rules and in the style of play and then teams are embracing that attitude. So the question is is this is whether or not you want to be a defensive team or not at this moment is that it's just getting harder and harder to do that in this NFL. And I don't know what the solution is. I don't think you need to just forget your defense, but at the same time, the defense has not been top 10 this year. It wasn't top 10 last year. And so is that if you are going to want to win in defense, you've got to be ready to smash these offensive uh, teams in the mouth and win that. And we just can't at this point. So that might be a good theory if, if you want to win that way, but it's not the way that we're winning at the moment. And we're just not winning at the moment. So, look, Ron Rivera said that, and and he's he's let some of these things. He is a defensive coach. That is what he's going to think and want. But I'm trying to think now, if you look across the league, what defensive coaches are having great success in this league at this moment in the long term. And I think it's becoming more and more difficult to do it each and every week. All right, we got the last call of the show queued up right here. 
Man, I think, honestly, I think it's too late in the season for us to do anything because I think Ron Rivera should have fired Eric Washington right after that Steelers game. And he's prolonging it like he did last year with the offensive coordinator with Mike Shula. He's going to wait all the way to the all season just to fire Eric Washington. And if he's going to keep doing it, he might as well leave too. I think he's a problem, man. I mean, he just, he gets a relationship with him and don't want to let him go, which would be the right move. Because Eric Washington sucks, man. And the defense old too, but this is absolutely suck. He mentions that the defense is old there. And I think that one of the things that as people continue to say, look, is that if this team can coalesce late, just make it into the playoffs and get, they can make a run. That is something that could happen. But honestly, right now, that would require the defense to catch a third win. And I don't know if they ever had a first win this wind, W-I-N-D, this season. So you're asking guys who are long in the tooth to get better as the season goes on. And they might mentally be able to get better. But physically, that's a lot to ask. Eric Washington, I would not be surprised if he does not make it um if he's if he's going to be the defensive coordinator next week. But I do think that this is – I think we're seeing potentially right now, unless a, a, a real miracle occurs in these last five games, that the, that the Ron Rivera era may be coming to an end. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and Tony, I, I feel you've defended Ron Rivera a lot over the years. I, I have. I've yeah, been a and, fan, to be honest. Yeah, I have too. And see, that's another thing, man. Like, I like, from all the interviews, I like Eric Washington. I like Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera means a lot to the players on this football team. I believe he has been a a good um, morale coach. And again, it's nothing personal against any of these people. It's just that it, as football fans, you want the big shebang, you know, and I think what's what's toughest about this whole season and situation is that not only is this happening to us now, but it's looking like the Saints have everything that they need to win the Super Bowl this year, and it's hard to see who's going to stop them, you know. So, again, it's no ill will on any of our coaches, you know. I mean, we understand they have families and stuff, too. But if, if you're not getting the job done in the way that you should, then, yeah, it's time to see what else is out there and, uh, and move on to something better. Michael Jones in the YouTube chat room says this. It might be the comment of the night. Ro- Rivera is like Moses. We need a Joshua to take us to the promised land. Right? Hey. Uh, hey, biblical references all around. And, all right. uh, you know, that is holier, holy, just like uh, – the C3 Panthers podcast on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. is a place Panther fans come together, right? We coalesce. We keep our identity. We may be 40 years right now. This feels like the 40th year of wandering the desert at this moment, folks. But we will find the promised land. We'll find it together. And Tuesday nights, we're here to keep that cultural identity of the number one Panthers fan podcast here every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., Cody, there will be a ton to say at that time. What is, in the meantime, if they want to uh, snipe at you or compliment you on Twitter, how can they find you? At Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. 
I go by Codeus on Twitter. Uh, that's just the name on the Twitter handle. But yeah, I, I'll talk about anything with you, man. From sci-fi books to football to Clemson to Panthers, whatever it is, man. Hit me up on Twitter. Let's do it. Justice Phillips, I can't stand Ron Rivera anymore. The guy holds back the young talent. Never take responsibilities for his failure. I also saw 89 J Stubbs said, we've seen what Ron Rivera has for eight years, and he has been propped up by Cam Newton. We got lots of stuff on Tuesday. My name is Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Thank you for joining us together on the Panthers couch. Record setting numbers on the post game show tonight. YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, we're all there. You can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just search C3 Panthers Podcast and we'll pop up. 9 p.m. The number is 252 228 5098. And you can have your voice heard on Tuesday night on the realest, the livest, the dopest, the most self promoting podcast out there. The C3 Panthers Podcast. It's been a miserable day. But it's all right, folks. We're going to get through it. And like they say, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Subscribe to the C3 Carolina Panthers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or anywhere you can catch an RSS feed. Check out CarolinaCatChronicles.com for the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Great cash, homie. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.